Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast. I'm James Nichols of the Fourth Period, and with me, as always, is John Zella of the Hockey Writers. What's up, pal? It feels like it's been a really long time since it's been the both of us. Uh, I think we, yeah, we had a couple of weeks in a row, right? It was me and Joe, then me, Joe, and you last week, and now, so it's been about three weeks. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was down for the count, and then I was away, yeah. and traveling, uh, which felt a little weird uh, to be kind of like back in other cities that I wasn't driving to. <laughs> um, but Cleveland rules. If, if people, if you, if you haven't been to, to Cleveland before, uh, I was there for a few days. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A lot yep. of fun. If you play an instrument, so great. they have like little jam rooms and stuff. You can you can go play. Yep. It was a cool little city. I mean, I'm used to kind of living uh, in a small city. So maybe that's why I enjoyed just being in a slightly larger small city. But it was a lot of fun. If you just need somewhere to go, it's uh, maybe it's a lot further from Long Island than it is from Syracuse, but it's still not that bad. Yeah, I think the thing that I, I liked about Cleveland so much was that because I live in such a large city, it's a smaller city and it's cleaner, but there's also like a lot of things to do in that area. Oh, yeah. uh, and I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like you said, was fantastic. But also it's like when I was in a band back in the day, like we played, a, um, a, it was a weekend festival full of um, just, you know, bar to bar, different um, venues, just hosting shows. Um, the whole the whole um, festival was under like, you know, the same umbrella, but it was just thousands and thousands of different bars just hosting or i should say hundreds probably not thousands but hosting the, these events it was so fun like you would just go from one bar to the next and like everybody would just be listening to music or playing music i played like in three days i played like 12 shows because we were That's in crazy. just so many different bars playing it was That's so like, fun it sounds like riot fest i think is in florida they do yes yeah, something like that yeah it was super fun what was the name of your breaking benjamin cover band <laughs> so the the band i joined after it was already formed um i was the second drummer and the there i think we i think we had this conversation before it's a very generic name it was backfire and you're not denying the breaking benjamin cover part i just, uh, to, just to make a quick note of at that. no point did we ever cover a breaking Benjamin I don't, song. i don't know that anyone ever we has we did cover a disturbed song so wow did i have you pegged and just just for those listening and not um not watching on youtube the beard today he would have killed for this covering a disturbed song would have killed for this look <laughs> however many years ago a decade plus ago would have been a, would have been ten, his whole life it's about 10 years ago um we but on the other end of the spectrum we've also covered red hot chili pepper songs don't ask me how that works but we did and um we were we we did a couple of different covers. We had our own original music too, but um, you know, it was just like whatever like somebody was feeling that day. They were like, "Hey, you want to just like learn this and cover it?" And we were like, "Yeah, why not?" Like we were twenty, like we didn't care. We just do whatever we wanted. <laughs> the last song I covered, geez, se- seven years ago or something like that. I think it was "In Bloom" by Nirvana, mm. and it was I don't remember the exact reason. All the bands on this like very very tiny label in Syracuse covered Nirvana songs. And we were just happened. They just said, learn a Nirvana song. So we did. And, and I don't I have no idea why. If you're not, you know, watching this and you're listening to the audio, John right now is in his orange and, and brown flannel with his big beard. He's actually got a ponytail. You you wouldn't see it because it's his hats covering it, but right. totally fits the hipster uh look right now. He's he's all over it. My hair was floofy today. 
post condition. Uh, it's humid and, uh, over there it too. Got, it's uh, you know what it, it, the, the humidity. It was nice here this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Us too. And today a huge storm came through and We're it cooled about off to get quite one. a bit. Yeah, we there was like tornado warning. Which yeah, look, I live I live here because I just have to clear the ice off my car. Right, it's it snows and that's it. Like that's it gets a little cold for kind of a long time, but I don't have to worry about you know scorpions or tornadoes or hurricanes right. or bobcats or bears or any scary animal or weather or earthquakes. No calamities. Just it's very easy to live here and just like away from uh, horrible. <laughs> things wild and yeah then so getting like a tornado watch there's plenty of wildlife it's just not like no you like getting attacked by scary wildlife is what you're away from right right and (laughs) yeah so getting a tornado warning is unsettling yeah that's that's what i i had heard today too uh and and my wife she's at work now and i was like apparently there's like a tornado watch like should you be going to work and she's like i'm looking at the weather now i think it everything cleared up it should be fine but i'm looking outside and like there's some pretty dark clouds out there so i'm gonna have to check up on her in a little bit make sure she's okay um but this is a hockey podcast is, is that I mean, did I get... the, it is the off season oh for, true for the islanders anyway not that there's been a shortage of news true but it is it is the off season it is the off season however not for a lack of, like you said, news and, and playoff hockey is on right now, too. And we could talk about that a little bit. And I was curious to know, John, the first round's over now. Were there any playoff surprises for you thus far? Not in particular. I will say I, I, I saw earlier today that Wayne Gretzky picked every single series correct. He First of all, he picked every team that he's played for. They all did. <laughs> well, uh, well, except for the Kings. He picked against the Kings. Yeah, but he played for the Oilers. The Oilers. <laughs> Oilers, St. Louis, and the Rangers all made it. Um, I was a I don't want to say I'm surprised. I don't I want to give the Rangers credit. I know this is an Islanders show. I want to give the Rangers credit. Like this is a lot like the Islanders beating the Penguins a number of years ago, where it was they wound up getting swept in the next round, and that very well may be what, what happens against um I think Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Um, cause they're very good and seasoned and all this stuff. And the Rangers are kind of like this up and coming group. Um, but I was a little surprised. Like I think once again, Pittsburgh beat themselves. Um, the Toronto thing, I don't know if it's a surprise or, or what. I just can't believe it that they're, they still can't, still can't do it. I know it was at the hands of the lightning, which lightens the blow a little bit. But that's still like, I don't know what's worse. What Islander fans went through with no playoffs or going through this, where you're making the playoffs fairly consistently and having a very good regular season. It's like the Caps. There's just that long period where they just like could not get over the hump. Yeah, I don't want to say that it surprised me that the um, that they lost again, you know, because again, they they decided last off season, are we going to run it back with the same crew? And, and they, they felt that, you know, Keith, uh, you know, should have, have brought them back to the postseason. And, you know, the, let's see what we got with this group again with Keith behind the bench for, I think this was his full first full season. I could be mistaken. Um, um maybe 82 games. He right. Came that, in, in after December of one season. Yeah. And then it was too shortened. 
Right. Maybe. And that's, that's what I mean. So um, I, I think I was just surprised by, I know they, they finished ahead in the standings uh, of the lightning, but I thought honestly, the lightning were going to just kind of steamroll them. I expected them to lose again. Um, I did wasn't you? expecting them. I did. I expected them to lose again because again, you can't, you can't count out Vasilevsky and the lightning. They're just, a well-oiled machine. They'll the lose back, eventually, back though. Champs. I think they will. You're right. Um, I and, thought that I thought that they could finally kind of put it together. But I did pick. It is a very good team. I did pick the Lightning to beat the Panthers, even because I'm going based off experience here. The Panthers had a, had a pretty tough time in the first round. They they just got out by the skin of their teeth. So I think that the the Lightning are going to prove to be a big test for uh, for, the, for the Panthers, especially given how inconsistent Bobrovsky is so that's that's yeah yeah that's kind of what I thought was going to happen um my biggest surprise though I think was Minnesota I was surprised that they were defeated as easily as they were only it went back and forth yeah went back and forth early on but St. Louis took over yeah in, in the latter stage of that series that doesn't surprise me being that St. Louis seems to have some more playoff veterans just like, and they've been around this team for a while. Yeah, you got guys like Tory Krug, um, who obviously didn't didn't win with um, right with St. Louis. He won with Boston. Yeah, he won with Boston. So it doesn't super surprise me. I I think if what you mean is like Flurry couldn't put it together um, and like well, get hot, like I don't I think don't anything. Think... I don't think he played bad no i don't think he played bad and, and i'm not taking anything away from the blues here they're they're an excellent team and i like their chances moving forward i just thought that that the wild would have been harder to overcome than they were is what i'm saying not that not that the the blues shouldn't have won but just that i thought maybe the the, the blues would uh or i'm sorry the wild would have put up a better fight uh really that's, only that's really fair. only Kaprizov showed up in, in a way the wild are a little more offensive, but a, a harder version uh, or, or a similar version of the Islanders where, where they're really grindy and hard to play against. And then they have guys like Kaprizov and Fiala who can score goals like that. But um, I was surprised that they were, they were overcome as easily as they were. That was my surprise of the first round. I'm excited for the second round because there's the battle of Florida oh, and the battle and of Alberta. Yes. And I think that's like, you know, Calgary and the and Edmonton could not be more different teams. A lot of talent out there. It's not a goaltending battle, although Mike Smith is kind of doing his thing. He does this right. He 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 just has these these stri- uh, stretches of games where you know in in the season you'll be like they can't do it with this guy anymore, and then they'll get to the you know the 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 nitty yeah. gritty whether it's the end of the season they really need to win or if they're in the playoffs he'll just turn it on. And he's dialed in, and he he shut out uh, the the Kings for a game seven. That's yeah, that's unbelievable. It, when you have the best player in the game, you like you, you do need to get inspired in those big yeah. moments, and they they really needed that that first round win in a full season, doing the whole thing, having McDavid there. Like it finally feels like it's not a waste. This yeah. is a big test against Calgary. I'm actually really interested. I hope. Uh, Hope I can stay up for some of these games. They're nine o'clock. Yeah, I know. I think so. That makes it a little bit easier, um, but but a little tough. And it, Florida and Tampa Bay. If there was ever a passing of the torch, it'd be very interesting because the path forward after this, the Lightning are easily the best team remaining in the East. I think they wipe 
the Rangers clean. I, that 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 series is over in five games. Oh, you wait. Sorry, backtrack. Are the Lightning the best team in the East or the, the Hurricanes? The, the Lightning are the best team in the East. Oh, okay. And I think that so if if the Rangers advance and the Lightning advance, I I don't think that's much of a series, honestly. Okay. If Carolina, I don't know the Lightning. The Lightning are so good. I don't know what their season series was, um, but they definitely know each other. That would be a great conference final matchup um, for the East. Uh, with with Florida, I think Florida easily takes the Rangers and Carolina. Honestly, um, so I think that the winner of the series in Tampa, Florida, if they don't beat the hell out of each other, will will wind up back in the you know, or if there's Tampa back in the Cup final or Florida to their first one since '96, yeah, which is incredible. They have a good team. They they played a good Capitals team um, who had their moments. They did win in six, which isn't nothing. I know it looks. You could either think it looks close or far away, depending on how you look at it. Um, they're good. They're really deep. They have a, they have a lot of. Um, they have a lot of firepower, and um, you know, overcoming another. Um, I almost said Southeast Division, whatever that division is. I don't even know what the name of that division is. Um, is it the Atlantic? Yeah, Atlantic right. yeah. the Atlantic Division. I yeah, we both had to think about that. <laughs> You were about to make fun of me too, but you didn't know. No, no, I was I was gonna say the Atlant at the Atlantic, but uh I I saw that you were the light bulb was coming on, so I like Yeah, it was coming yeah, that's slowly it is dim. Um <laughs> you know, so I, that's that's a good test for them. They saw them a lot this season, so um the- for me I just I tend to go with the experience, you know. The light uh the lightning have been there. This is really the Panthers' first go at at, at a playoff series like this. Uh, their, should, yeah, their first playoff yeah. series win since making it yeah. to the cup final. You know, go, going through another, it's going to be a tough series to, to grind it out. The Lightning are a little more well-equipped to do so, I think, because they've been there before, right? The first round, the Huberdos and the Barkovs for uh, Florida were were not as Huberdo and Barkov-esque as they should have been. Whereas for the Lightning, you know, Kucherov was doing his thing. Point was doing his thing, who he is also hurt. But Stamkos was doing his thing. Hedman... Uh, Vasilevsky was, he had his moments, but you know, they've just, they've been there before. So they, I think they just know what it takes to, to continue on forward on that path where the, the Panthers, their moments will come, but, um, I think it's going to take, you know, a little bit of, of a, a learning curve and much like the Islanders for the past few, few years, they have to go through those growing pains too. I'm actually excited for Rangers Carolina for one very particular reason. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. It's going to be, yeah, I think, a lot of emotions in this in this series. I think it's going to get chippy. It's gonna get nasty. And I I'm counting on the the Hurricanes um winning in five. I think that they're again another team that has the playoff experience. The Rangers are a ton of young guys and Chris Kreider. Um, you know, this is just you know, obviously he's the Vezina favorite, but in the, in the first series against the Penguins, it took him a while to get acclimated. It wasn't until, uh, it wasn't until his uh, last game against the Penguins to have a, a good save percentage. You know, he had a decent save percentage the first six games. Um, it gradually went up. And actually, if I'm being honest, the first two games, it was pretty bad. I think it was like the 800s. 
but I think the Hurricanes are going to steamroll the Rangers, and that's not me just hating on the Rangers. I think they played a really great first-round series against the Penguins. It was, it was an excellent series. Uh, I just think that the Hurricanes know how to, you know, again, find that next level, that new gear, and that Tony D'Angelo return to MSG is going to be something else. I'd say. I hope Reeves gets a nice piece of him. That would be fun. Yes, I can't wait. They're just—he's gonna go at him all. all oh, hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, that will—that would be fantastic. What do you think, um, Avalanche, St. Louis? Ah, uh, come on. I have I mean, the Avalanche I think, winning yeah, the I, cup. Avalanche, Tampa Bay would be a fantastic. That might be the best cup in in years, and I got to give it to the young. You know, Avalanche kind of biding their time, seemingly, and. Tampa's got to run out of gas eventually. Yeah. Like you you can't. I think um, that comes against Carolina in the conference final. Oh, you think Carolina can take them? Yeah, I do. The goaltending battle between, I mean, Shesterkin would be really great against Vasilevsky, but the Rangers just don't have the, I don't think the firepower like the rest of the way. Like they're not deep enough of it as a team, yeah. especially on D. Carolina, like I think they lose that goaltending battle all day and they do not have the horses to go with Tampa. Well, Rant is playing real well and at some point Frederick Anderson is going to come back and he was like top five in all categories this year. So I, I think he'll be okay if he comes If he back. cannot be the Maple Leafs Right, the Maple Anderson Leafs in the past. Of yeah, in yeah. the playoffs. I guess so, but I think Tampa is just too, too deep there. Yeah. Carolina has a better shot against Florida. Oh, okay. And then I, I think then the, then the lightning. Yeah, I, I still think Florida is better than Carolina as well. Yeah. I think the win. I think the winner of the East is coming out of that uh, that Florida battle. The Atlantic. Yeah. Which? Oh, it is um, Carolina is included in in the Metro, aren't they? They are. They Man, weren't. I, it's they like weren't I just, last season. Yeah. It's like I just woke up from a coma <laughs> from 2009, and I'm like, "There's what happened to the Southeast Division? Why are they?" <laughs> That's embarrassing. Okay. Was it Carolina that wasn't? No, I think Carolina was in the Metro last year. Who wasn't? It was Buffalo and Columbus. That's who wasn't in the Metro last season. Buffalo makes sense. Yeah. In a... I don't, the divisions don't make any sense. I really, really wish it was more geographic because it just doesn't even rem... like sometimes it follows. Sometimes it doesn't. It reminds me it's of aggravating. Uh, it reminds me of the mighty ducks where they were like, look where the district lines were just redrawn and, now we got Adam Banks, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that's that's really funny. Did you see? Uh, I I tweeted. Uh, someone had someone had tweeted. I don't know why I saw it. I think it was like a a trending thing on Twitter, and I and I clicked or just like popped up or something. Someone had tweeted. Uh, that's really funny. My father won't stop yelling "Bang Bang Crystal Tang" at the top of his lungs. What does that mean? <laughs> I saw that. And then people were, were people were responding. Um, someone, someone tweeted "poo poo Claude Giroux." That was that's classic. <laughs> that's well, a great one. Love that. And then uh, obviously it reminded me of the Mighty Ducks when it's "woo woo Kenny woo." Yep. Um, and surprisingly, not I feel like not enough hockey fans remember. I know a lot of them have seen the Mighty Ducks, and maybe it's a generational thing, which I don't like saying that because it's silly. Like everyone has access to this stuff now. Yeah, it's not like it's just like on someone's VHS tape. In a in a basement, um, but like I I definitely quote that 
quite a bit in hockey circles and people don't react. Maybe that's, it's just not funny. That's entirely possible. No, nope, I'm not hilarious. funny. That's yeah, so heartbreaking to me. I know, I, that's what I thought. I was like, no, I I know that I'm. I know my sense of humor. <laughs> I know. I know good. this is funny. I know yeah. this is funny. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you just you don't have a sense of humor. You don't think it's funny. It is a good joke. It sounds like a them problem, not a you problem. I will take that because they're not here to defend themselves. That's so I'll take that. That's that. That seems fair to me. I'm I'll glad. I'm glad. Good. Um, we got a bit of a uh, a bit of news today in Islander country. I know the timing is everything as we plan this show before the news. We actually said this before. We we plan on doing the show a day early before we heard this news. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. What's but the news? It, tell, the, tell me the news. The timing, Break the news it, to me. I it took me a minute to to understand what you were saying there, but yes, you're right. The timing was perfect. Um, Lane Lambert the new head coach of the New York Islanders. Uh, a lot of questions here, right? Because, you know, the new voice, the, um, you know, the, the fact that Lamorello doesn't really go the route of hiring new head coaches, right? Lambert doesn't have any head coaching experiences. There's a lot of, in a the lot NHL. of questions. In the NHL, correct. Um, you had wrote something about Lamorello being on the hot seat. Uh, does this add or take away to your thoughts on Lamorello being on said hot seat? I think it's going to be really easy for people to be critical. If anything, go like the first three game losing streak in December. People are going to jump him. If, okay. Especially Lamorello. Okay. Yeah. Lambert is, you know, he's a new coach. What do you, you know, he's, he's, he's finding his voice with the team. Um, all this kind of stuff. I think, it adds some intrigue. It, I think it puts more pressure on Lamorella making those moves he needs to make. This is okay. Here's you can rationalize why Lambert's the right choice. And we'll get into some specifics. We'll definitely can, talk it's about it's that, easily, yeah. it's easy. You can very easily say this makes sense because in X, Y, and Z. Um the sh- the shift then focuses to they're not learning a new system, or it won't be that different. Uh, it'll be a different voice. Uh, maybe some structure is different, but you're n- it's not going to be a transformation. It'll be an adjustment period, which is totally fair. Um, but you, you can't put that on the team. That's not an excuse. Um, you didn't wait to find him, and you, you couldn't sign him until whatever because who knows what. Like he's there early. He's been with the team. They know who he is. Um, even if you know if it was somebody new and it wasn't that much of a departure from structure. No, they know this guy. That's why Lamarillo was there. Um, so I think this gets it out of the way early. I think this was the plan all along. They weren't going to wait on it. Um, they definitely had this name last week, but they didn't, you know, you don't want to overshadow that news. So you're spreading that, so out. So that's PR what I was going to say. Bit. Can I, can I jump in real, real quick here? Sure. Um, you're Chris, also on this show. Oh, you, that, can, you also can speak. Oh, cool. Thanks. I actually, if you're not at watching, your leisure, if you're not watching the video version of this, I actually did raise my hand as if I'm in elementary school, but anyway, um, Chris Botta did bring up a good point on Twitter earlier. He said, why was this not announced last week? Well, number one, you didn't want to overshadow Lane Lambert's first NHL head coaching job. So you wait a week. Um, all PR. And yeah, it's all PR. And in a, in a good way. I get it. Yes, exactly. It's definitely, it's a, it's definitely a good thing. So I respected the, the week's 
uh, difference in announcements. I totally understood that. And that's all I wanted to say. You you can continue. Um, but the shift, I think, then just simply goes immediately to Lamorello. Like now it's not just it's not two decisions anymore. You got uh, one out of the way. That's that's fine and dandy. Um, all eyes are on the draft. What are the odds going to do? We know the potential things that are out there. Uh, uh, with the Minnesota Wild, Kevin Fiala, uh, uh, probably a slew of other options that are are maybe too many to count, um, and many more that Lamarillo has that we don't have. William Nylander, maybe I don't. Um, I wonder about that. We can we can talk about that if you want to make a note for for at the end of the show, because um, I because I have a, a few thoughts on that. But but I think it it shifts back to Lamarillo now about filling out this roster appropriately, right? It's uh, we've said many times, this is not a season where you can kind of swing and miss. Um, you you got to land something, not just as hope. Oh, wow. This is going to be great. And like, it's gotta be when these moves happen, they have to make sense. It's not about like, Oh, okay. Let's see how this Lamarilla, this Lamarilla move works out. Who knows? It's not about complementary pieces necessarily, although you know you need to compliment a Barzell with a high skilled player because that was a comment um, after I wrote this article. People were like, oh, it's not about the players around the good players. I'm like, it kind of is though. It is about surrounding, adding uh, someone next to Nelson or on that third line and next to Barzell. It is about getting the players off the team that were um, to quote a previous Islanders coach, coach passengers. Um, it is about adding uh, a, a puck moving defenseman that can skate a little bit next to Dobson, right? Yeah. Or and solidifying that third pair. A lot of questions still about what that is. Is it is it Salo and Green with Mayfield? Is it just Green to Mayfield? Yeah. Is Salo in a trade and he's not on the team and it doesn't matter? Um, is it Dark Horse AHL player we did not expect to have a fantastic first year on a third pair? I, I, I don't even know who that might be. Um, right. Van Sample, I, I don't, I have no idea who can have an amazing camp. He's a defender, right? That makes sense. Um, so I think that's the. This just shifts where the heat is. He's still, I think there's there's some on him for sure. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, we we can we'll contemplate next if this was the right choice, but this was just the first, uh, or I guess the second, uh, move. Of or or shakeup of the shakeups coming down the line, it's going to be a long summer, and these transactions that Lamarill has to make may be quick. He's already showing an aggressive nature, which is atypical of him. Um, but the the onus is definitely on him right now. He's he's got to show up, or he's got to put up or shut up. Because I think we said this last week, ownership is going to want to put put asses in seats. And mm-hmm. if Lamorello doesn't ice a product that excites everybody, then they're not going to show up. So he's definitely on the hot seat. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, let's talk about though, is Lane Lambert the right choice? I, th- he was the immediate person people were putting out. I don't know that that makes it the right choice. Um, Lamorello will get to the, we'll cut to this clip soon. But Lamorello said 
that he was impressed with how Lambert handled when Trotz was out. Yep. He's been around the team a long time. Those That relationship probably uh, grew and evolved over time. Um, he may have seen what that voice was, and it's, um, again, we'll cut to that Lamarillo new voice clip as well. If we were better editors, we would just put it in as soon as I said that and, and moved on. <laughs> um, but here we are. Um, I think it remains to be seen. I think it's a new enough voice to a degree with some familiarity, which is fair. This is, I don't want to say it's it's not a fragile group, but they this isn't like a rebuilding thing. Like I don't, the structure was there. Lambert said as much that it's not going to be this just kind of overhaul of the whole thing. Um, Lambert was kind of the brainchild to some of this too. Like you remember he's been with, trots for a very long time so if it, it just needs to be a different enough voice um and we can you know kind of talk about that a little bit after we hear from lamorello yeah yeah just my my thoughts on it quickly are um you know the question was once barry trots was let go of was are you gonna find somebody who's better than Barry Trotz? The answer largely is no, you're, you're not going to. So, however, if you're not going to get better than him, you might as well. And and this isn't one of those things where they decided might as well just put Lambert behind the bench. No, it was one of those things where it was like Lambert is an extension of Trotz. He can keep that system that they've been playing in their own zone defensively intact. However, not not all assistant coaches who are you know like similarly to uh, Lambert who shadowed head coaches for long periods of time that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have their own voice and there's probably been plenty of things down the line where Lambert has seen something that Trotz has done and said to himself I would have done it differently but he's the coach it's his decision and he just you know he does his job um, immediately something I think of regarding Lambert is. There have been plenty of times where, uh, you know, the, the Islanders get get a, a late game goal that they really needed, and you'll see, you know, Trotz, he'll he'll you know be happy about it, but Lambert will show some emotion, and right then and there is is a big difference that I see in you know he's a different he's a different kind of guy, and that's something that Lamarillo says as well. So before we recap the all of the Lamarillo quotes ourselves mm-hmm. um let's hear from Lamarillo himself on what he was impressed by uh with Lane Lambert and how nobody knew that this was going to happen certainly uh, uh no one had any knowledge of a change being made and Lane without question uh was on top of that list uh from my experiences with him over the past four years and in particular uh, not only working with him as an assistant coach, but working him, working with him uh, for over two weeks when he was the head coach and working as I would work with the head coach as the position I have uh, uh, was uh, something that kept behind my mind and the way Lane operated, uh, the different things that he did uh, during that period of time and I prefaced when he became that interim coach because of some extenuating circumstances and family issues uh, with Barry to coach as if he were coaching from the day one of the season and not 
just try and do the same things that were done prior to him. And I was extremely impressed with the way he handled each and every situation. And I did make it a point to sit in on meetings and to be more visible or around than I normally would be. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets, no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So right at the end of that quote, what I really liked to hear was that you know, yes, he had been thinking about this for some time because of the fact that Lamorella made himself more present around, you know, some of the team meetings and, you know, GM, sometimes they're behind the scenes. They don't, they don't attend these things and and they're not um, maybe a voice in the room at times where, um, you know, coaches are having conferences amongst themselves and, and where do you, you know, take the direction of the team moving forward and, you know, are we going to change things up a bit, yada, yada um, in terms of style of play. Um but immediately he talks about, you know, I was around more and I was looking into and listening and taking note of things that Lambert was doing, Lambert was saying, and and I was very impressed. Um, he had that short stint of time where Barry was out and he handled himself swimmingly with the media behind the bench. And uh, the Islanders went two and one, essentially, in those three games that he was behind the bench. It was a two-week span that Barry would have been out. I think the Islanders got uh, postponed uh, games at some point because of schedule shifting. Um, however, he did run a number of practices during that the, that week off. So um, Lambert's, I guess, audition <laughs> went really well. Um, and, and it's it's funny because he didn't even know he was auditioning, I'm sure. There there's was a ton of speculation around the league he got a, uh, an interview last summer with anaheim and he was apparently in the in the top three choices um he's been rumored to be the next head coach of the detroit red wings and he's so he has a connection with eiserman yeah he has a connection they used to be roommates in college so it's it's just one of those things where you know they they have that connection and you know so that's why all these rumors were about and you know there were a, no, a number of other teams that were um, lining up to have him, you know, come to an interview. So there's a reason why um, Lambert is so well regarded around the NHL, despite his um, lack of head coaching experience. But there's so some something... people are pointing. Some people are pointing to that, like, oh, he didn't even get the Anaheim job and this. It's, I think it's just as much as like when we get on GMs about not signing a player. It's like you uh -huh. know that they didn't just choose to not sign the player. Like Panarin, for instance, chose the Rangers. Right. It's not it's not just that they didn't choose him is that they chose somebody else. Somebody else right. was for the vision of their team. And this is very specific. 
the yeah. vision that they had for their team, he he just didn't fit that. It's not that he didn't have the experience. It's so much more than that, right? Yeah. Great great hockey minds come from all parts of um, all over the place. They come from college hockey. Look at uh, David Quinn sure. um, with the Rangers and who could have been a candidate for, for this particular job, but he may not have fit the what Lamarella was putting together. And you know what? A new GM might come in in two years and Lambert doesn't fit what their vision is. And because of the way that they see the roster, um, True. because Lambert's been around, he they share a very similar vision. Um, Lambert is now just the new voice of that vision and, and kind of bringing it to life. I don't I don't right. think all that much will change. As, on, I mean, it does need to change as far as the roster construction. Um, but I think the character of the players, stuff like that around the franchise is not, not yeah, going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and so we have to give credit to Kevin Kurz of The Athletic. Uh, obviously, everybody knows he's he's the Islander beat writer for The Athletic. Um, he asks the tough questions that need to be asked, and uh, he deserves credit for those questions. And he did ask, well, uh, Lou, you did say that you needed a different voice. You needed a new voice. Is Lane Lambert new enough? And this was Lamorello's response. Well, first of all, when you say a new voice, uh, there's a tremendous difference between an assistant coach and a head coach. Uh, it's bigger than I think anyone can sometimes understand. And uh, that new voice is here with uh, Lane. And certainly uh, Lane has different thoughts on different things. Everybody does. And you learn when you're an assistant coach sometimes more of what you wouldn't do and sometimes what you would do and vice versa. Uh, so there is without question a new voice. Maybe it wasn't uh, the right phrase that I should have used, but it is a new voice in the position uh, that Lane is now in. And I would say a, a big new voice in that because we're talking about two totally different personalities with reference to Barry and Lane. And the, the thing that I love the most about that is that, yeah, he's totally right. Lambert is a totally different kind of voice than Barry Trotz was. And like I said earlier, you know, you look at some of the, the uh, emotions just behind the bench and you can see the different personality types, right? Uh, a game winning goal in overtime would get a, you know, an, an arm raise from Barry Trotz and then he would shake his assistant coach's hands. I've seen clips of, of Lane Lambert fist pumping and, 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 you know, that little side fist pump, the, the leg kick while he's doing it. Like he really gets his emotions into it. So I, I think that an emotional kind of coach like that can sometimes really, really rally a team at times too. Can you say that, um, you know, too much emotion can hurt a team from a, a head coach like that, whether, you know, cause if it's a, a, a negative kind of emotion, sure. But I haven't seen that kind of reaction from Lane Lambert, in his four years behind the Islander bench with trots. And if you can manage those emotions correctly, he can really just bring a new kind of life to the Islanders. Uh, and, and we always talk about, and we'll talk about this a little later too. Um, they're, they're great defensively, but can he get them energetic and, and faster and more offensive? And he might have that plan in place already. Yeah. I think it just maybe, Part of that new voice is a change in perspective of, of how to treat veterans versus younger players. Yeah. Uh, an argument that was just had, you know, on Isles Twitter throughout 
throughout the year. I mean, some of those choices are here's the roster um, and and Trotz and his team, um, which Lambert was a part of. Right. So like, don't he's definitely got to prove himself on a number of levels. He has to come out and make the right decisions. Um, you know, he's he's doing more than, you know, he improved the penalty kill from like 30th to fourth this last or sixth this last season. Right. He, he did. He has done a lot of really good things and he, he has a it seems like uh, it's possible that he has a good vision for this team. Um, but the mistakes that were made in this last year uh, need to be rectified first and foremost by Lamorello giving Lambert the tools. Lambert will only go as far as this roster will take him, right? Regardless of voice. We saw that with Trotz. Eventually, whether he lost the room or just wasn't working, you know, like Trotz got him to that point and they just needed somebody, literally anybody else to kind of get him over that that hump. I, I think that's um I think that's fine. But he does, you know, he can only go as far as that roster takes them because again it's not going to be this monumental shift in, in how they play um just tweaks which is you know to be expected so we'll see he, he definitely has his work cut out for him um people will be looking for kind of any excuse to to say this is not a not a good idea so now that it's not even june um you know we can kind of call it out for what it is it, it's going to take it, it i don't want to say it's going to like i can predict the future it may take some time he is in early. They can. Ha- he already has those ex- existing relationships. Um, likely, already kind of happening that those conversations are happening with Lamorello and what they, you know, their shared vision for the future of the of the team going in this upcoming season. What do they need? What type of player? All of this, you know, what would m- match well with the team? How, what's his perspective on it? Um, so there's a new voice means kind of a lot of things. Change a different, a slightly different perspective. Um, how he handles the team literally behind the bench, um, how he interacts with those players, uh, any kind of tweaks. Like it, it's it's a lot deeper than than that. So um, you know, it's an adjustment, is maybe closer to what Lamarillo right. was trying to say, and not to put words in his mouth because he did answer the question, but um I, I think a lot of people there were there were a lot of people that were saying that this roster, I think you among them, did not need a rebuild. I think that includes the coach. They don't need a rebuild. They need to tweak the roster and they need to tweak behind the bench. Yeah. I think that's that's perfectly fine. It's like a midseason coaching change. Correct. You know, sometimes yeah. that, those little tweaks make a really big difference. Um, hopefully they can get the same result in an offseason. Um and it, there's a lot of months now between uh, here and October. You know, and, and what immediately comes to mind um, in, you know, midseason coaching changes or or new head coaches in the NHL that haven't been, um, you know, in, in the NHL as a head coach prior, you know, you asked the question, uh, did we avoid potentially a dangerous path of hiring a recycled coach? We'll, we'll talk about that. Um. But what I like about a new head coach is like, look at Craig Berube. He came in and he actually brought them to the cup and, and, they, and they won the cup. More recently, look at Martin St. Louis. Look at what he did for Montreal, right? Montreal's still not a good team. However, when Martin St. Louis came in as the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, they were no longer playing like laughable hockey. I'll call it because 
it was pretty much every night. They were like they were losing by a touchdown. Yeah, Saint Louis. Saint Louis came in and he 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 implemented a, a new system. Um, and it wasn't like an overhaul; it was just tweaks to the their current system. Um, he implemented you know different. Uh, he he built chemistry with different lines. He got the most out of some of his younger guys, like like Cole Caulfield. These newer coaches, or I guess I I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say younger because Lane Lambert is is only two years younger than Barry Trotz. But newer coaches that have uh, no NHL ex- uh, head coaching experience, maybe they just bring a different mindset. Because you know the Trotzes and and the the Babcocks and the Quenvilles and and you know the Julians, they all have their well. This is what I've done for six hundred plus NHL games. This is what I'm going to keep doing because this is what works. Lambert's going to bring something new that that he's never done before because he hasn't been a head coach. So and it's worked, you know, for Barube. It's worked for Marty St. Louis. Has it not worked for other guys? Sure. But there's both ends of the spectrum here to, to look at. So the, the question becomes, does he have the open mindedness about the offensive part of the game that Trotz didn't have? And that might be the change. That might be the yes. new voice is his perspective on that. Knowing again, Lamarol has to give him the horses, but if his if it's that much of a change in perspective and open mindedness about how to shift and work with your players instead of saying, regardless of what you give me, here's how we're playing the game, and you just need somebody with a little more flexibility, a little more open mindedness and creativity, then Lambert's your guy. He does know the roster. Um, putting somebody in there with a little more creativity, it it could work. This for all intents and purposes, this makes sense. It, yeah. there's, there's not a lot to th- that you can throw at this that it that it doesn't. I didn't. I did not like the petty. He didn't get hired last. Season. Like I just, as we discussed earlier, I, I just don't think. Yeah, I no. don't buy that. That's that's not a very good reason. No. Um. There's a billion reasons that go into hiring. So I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had to hire somebody. It's it's a really hard decision when it comes, yeah. especially when it comes down to just a few people, and you're kind of going through. You're you start comparing this the the nuances of it all. It almost you almost lose it. There's like these whether it's an intangible thing or this little experience that this other person doesn't have that there's no way like it's just it happened by chance that this other person has that experience. It's very very hard once you get down to um the the late levels of of hiring somebody to to kind of even tell people apart. Yeah, um, I, so I, it's it's complicated. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, but uh, I just had something I wanted to say regarding Lambert, and I think I lost it. If it comes back up, though, we'll, we'll come back to it. Um, but you you posed a great question, right? Now now Lambert's in. He's he's a new coach in the NHL. We're starting to see a few more new coaches too. Like I mentioned, you know, St. Louis in, um, and and Bar- uh, Barube was new a couple of years ago, so. Now Lane Lambert is in a fresh new perspective with, you know, a couple of the old school perspectives as well that can be entwined to make something new, right? He's a new head coach. He finally has the reins yeah. that he didn't previously. So that's where he can, there's probably parts of his vision for how a team should be run um, that he was previously just not able to do. It just wasn't, right. wasn't his team. Right. So and that then, that's a new, you might just see changes based on, it's just simply a new person. So and and like I said, the question that you posed was, did we potentially avoid a dangerous path of hiring recycled coaches? And in other words, 
Uh, Lambert's a new head coach in this league. The others potentially on the table have been through the ringer and shown in some cases to be terrible people, i.e. a couple weeks ago or maybe a couple days ago even, uh, Kevin Kurz once again wrote about is Mike Babcock the favorite to become the New York Islanders coach? Of course, this is before we got today's news that uh, it was going to be Lambert, but uh, you the know, connection in Toronto was right there and it was worth exploring that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I said to you last week, the possibility of Joel Quinville returning was something that people were talking about in the media, you know, so did we potentially avoid, or did we definitely avoid a potentially dangerous situation on two levels? You you don't avoid the circus that comes with um, two levels, multiple levels. You avoid the circus that comes with uh, Quenville or Tortorella or any, any of these coaches that have been proven to be like, you know, problematic um, to, to put it like super lightly um, just to, to be around the team. You avoid some of these younger players having to deal with it um and it gets a new head coach back into the mix it's different when it's a good coach it's not like it's gerard gallant who had no business being fired from two different teams right um you could say the same about trots right now you could say the same like there are some coaches that it feels less recycled and more he's a good coach and sometimes it runs its course right um there are plenty of them that are just like why you're, you're simply like exist. It's like GM roles. Why? There's nobody better. There's no one with a different voice. There's there's nobody that, uh, you know, I guess we're using that term a little a little too much in this episode, but it just it's just kind of the theme. No, um, yeah, there's no. It, it just gets tired. Like, there, well, it, it, it doesn't it, it like doesn't work for so long. I'm like, just at no one. And I'm right. not just me. Plenty of other people. Right, and that, and I do want to say you're you're not wrong in the the there's nobody with a new voice, right? Because again, Claude Julien, um, you know, uh, Joel Quenville, like all all those guys have been around for you know when the game was different than it was before 2005, right? The 2005 2006 season was when things really started to change with the you know no more two line passes and stuff like that. So, you know, they the way they adapted, sure, is great, but at the same time, they've been around so long that, you know, the NHL is not evolving because we don't have these new voices, these new faces. Lane Lambert becomes that new voice, that new face that helps evolve the game. And, you know, do do we do the, the Islander fans listening to this right now want to sit here and say, well, I don't care about the game evolving. I care about lifting another Stanley Cup. Of course, that's what they're going to say. At the same time, in order to lift that Stanley Cup, maybe that the Islanders need to evolve. And that's something that we've been talking about. It's not just, oh, if you go get Philip Forsberg, they'll win the cup. There's no guarantee of that. If they go get Philip Forsberg and they adapt uh, a really good system with the defense that they've ingrained into their system via Barry Trotz and can continue with Lane Lambert and the new ideas he's bringing to this system that he can implement offensively as well will ultimately and hopefully at some point lead the Islanders back to the promised land to the Stanley cup. And hopefully you'll see them lift it. Yeah. I, I do want to just reiterate. I think we've said this at least twice. Now we understand Lam- Lambert was with this team. Yeah. Right. It's it's, I don't think anyone was asked. I don't think Lamarella was asking for a new system. 
He was asking for a new voice to implement that system and right. to make adjustments as necessary. You can hear the same thing from two people and react differently. How they say it, their de- their delivery, the relationship with the players, um, the, the the trust level, it's it's nuanced. It's layered. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I think there, there, there's a lot to it. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's not a new person, so it's not a new voice. It's, well, yeah, you ever have somebody just, you know, that you know in your company become your manager? It's a new voice for your department. It's not the same thing anymore, even if they work there. If you got a promotion and now you're leading something, it's a new voice for that role. Right. right. So it is, it is different, even if they have, if even if you have, um, previous experience and knowledge of of something specific, they they are going to put their own spin on it. And the team needs to evolve. If they've shown anything is that the league kind of figured them out a little bit. They can't just do what they've been doing. Um, For two years, the lightning figured them out a little less. So the second time around, but you know, getting down, you know, one, nothing game seven, blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone knows the story. Um, so I, I think there's there, there's definitely adjustments, not just to the roster, but to how they're playing. I think that it does just take somebody's different perspective um, getting elevated into a role and yeah. not just it's simply being somebody from outside the organization. And, and I do want to say, too, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you're still on the fence about like, well, you know, they just all they did was hire their assistant coach. This is very different than from when Jack Capuano was let go and they hired Doug Waite or Scott Gordon was let go and they hired Jack Capuano. These are very different situations. Lane Lambert was getting an NHL head coaching job somewhere else. If it wasn't with the Islanders, someone was going to offer him that job. Whatever it is that they see in Lambert, we'll soon find out. Um, But, you know, Jack Capuano only he got on the map because he was given a chance by uh, uh, Garth Snow. Doug Waite, same thing. He was behind the bench with Capuano. He thought there was, you know, there should be a change. Gave him a shot. Like nobody else was going to give those guys a shot. Lane Lambert was getting that shot if it was with the Islanders or if it was with somebody else. Quick tangent. I am kind of surprised Doug Waite isn't. Involved in coaching in some capacity. Yes. So he he commented on that a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw. He's on NHL Network now for a a part-time role. And yeah, so what he's been saying uh, or what he was saying was that he was enjoying his time at home with his kids, getting some things in order there. But he felt it was time to, uh, after I think it was a couple of seasons, um, to get back into the game. And and he feels that he has... um, a future in the NHL at some point, And he thought that this was a good starting point. So yeah, yeah he, he I, is it, back. that offensive mind. Like it really worked for the Islanders. who didn't really have a lot of star power yeah. on the offensive side of the puck, even at, at that time. So it's, but it's interesting. Like if for Florida um, or something that they have a lot of skill, like he can right. really kind of lend himself to being like, I'm not, I'm surprised like Carolina didn't scoop him up. Like with Brenda Moore, um, being being part of that, like I'm just, he's kind of made his rounds. Like a lot of guys go back to St. Louis. Um, yeah, I think play, that have played in St. Louis. So like I'm surprised he didn't end up there. I can understand maybe not wanting to be in Edmonton, um, but 
Yeah, the way the other two teams seems weird. The way he made it sound, and it could just be this could just be speculation on on my part, but the way he made it sound was that it was more his choice to stay away from the game for a little longer and, and get some things in order and in his personal life, and and now he decided he, it was time for him to come back. So that's great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, that's great. Uh, did you want to comment? I haven't gotten to read it yet. Did you want to comment on Kurz's article today about why uh, the Islanders named Lambert head coach? Not, not necessarily. I, I think it, it just it kind of rounded up things very, very gotcha. nicely for us. Um, I don't, I don't think it was anything. Um, you know, is is it, it was a good kind of wrap up of what was, what was going on, what to expect. Um, you know, how they're spending time, the the, the Lambert Lambert were spending time together and all that kind of stuff. But we don't need to kind of dive into the okay. Yeah. Um, so according to Andrew Gross last week, I think this was after we had recorded, uh, he had said uh, director of goaltending, Mitch Korn, is unlikely to return as it's believed he had already been informed uh, or that he had already informed the team prior to Trotz's firing that he was uh, going to step away um, and most likely retire. So this has nothing to do with Trotz um, getting you know let go of. It was a personal decision. It was time for him to retire, he felt. And um, one one thing I did see was like a collective sigh, right? Because there was that obvious big sigh with, with Barry Trotz. Many believed, even though the words weren't uh, said, that this was a result of Trotz going. Um, but in fact, if you if you really, if you think about it, right? The, you know, everybody was worried because Mitch Korn... Look at what he's done, right? Robin Lehner, um, Sorokin's doing really well. Uh, Some of you had a fantastic season two seasons ago. But one thing I will say is if you took the time to read through um, a, a number of Robin Lehner's rants, he really goes on to say Piero Greco is the guy on the ice doing the work um, and and making the goaltenders who they are. Uh, Mitch Korn is behind the scenes. He's the office guy and everything like that. And listen, Mitch Korn, that's a big there's value. Yeah, there's value in that. Absolutely. And there's, it's not going to be, that's not an easy, uh, not easy to, to, fill. to fill. But the, the good news is that the on ice product should remain the same with Greco remaining with the Islanders. Cause he will be. So I, I do understand the, the worry, but again, I don't, the, the Islanders in their current state, even with now Lane Lambert as the head coach, are not Garth Snow's Islanders that that position that Mitch Korn is leaving will be filled by somebody who, even if you don't know who that person is, will be the right fit as the director of goaltending. Yeah, I, I think that's that's good news. Um, there's that consistency and continuity with Sorokin and Varlamov uh, with with the goaltending team. They can bring somebody else in or elevate Greco. Yeah. Um, although he's doing a good job on the on ice stuff, I don't know how exactly how the some of those more um, more specific roles within a team uh, and the coaching staff can kind of move up around, right? You know, side to side. I, I don't know how any of that works. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's going to retire, I guess that's good that the league. Uh, you know, it's a little sad that the league won't have somebody like that just around players to to just make them the best that they can be. Yeah. Um, 
selfishly as as an Islander fan, we don't have to deal with him going to like the Rangers and helping Chester can be the next Dominic Hoshik. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think that's uh, that's fine. It's sad we can't have him, but as long as other people can't have him either. <laughs> um, in this particular case, I think that's that's fine. I think that wraps it up for episode 108. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going to be on the dock for next week's um, episode, but maybe we'll get into potential, um, you know, acquisitions, potential trades. That, uh, that means research. Are we going to do that? Um, I've already I've already done my fair share. I'm, I think I'm well equipped for that conversation, John. So you're telling me. Do your homework. Do, do your. OK. Or, or you're going to detention. Oh, uh, I hate that. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. If you don't, you get detention as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Nasman Hockey. You can find my work at the Fourth Period. You can find John's work at the Hockey Writers. And check out Isles Fix. Uh, right now, it's the off season for them, but uh, we want to say thank you to them for always supporting the show. Um, but subscribe to their stuff because whenever there's breaking news or, or something, um, they will, you know, they'll do the occasional summer article for, for that. And you'll get it right to your mailbox. You don't have to go searching for it. It comes to you. So uh, great stuff there with Isles Fix. And until next time, all, let's go Islanders. <laughs>